All right, here we go. The next episode of the Musings of Dirtbag Duke. And in fact, it is a Friday edition of the podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe, staying healthy out there. When somebody puts themselves out there on social media, and depending upon their level of celebrity, their local, or their level of followers and things like that, tends to bring about more of a wide range of comments um, from things that are super positive to things that are super negative and then everything in between and I've seen some articles of late and some posts as of late where you know people are talking about the more of the negative side of things But unfortunately, in the society that we live today, the reality of it is that, yeah, you're either going to have people that are really nice and supportive of that person and, you know, don't have any negative thoughts towards them. Uh, generally, genuinely don't, you know, maybe they don't 100% agree with everything, but they tend to be very complimentary of their of their comments. And on the flip side of that, then you got people who are ultra negative and gain some kind of pleasure, uh, some kind of edification out of, you know, taking those shots at them and it's and it's solely based on their and they won't acknowledge it but they're I think the jealousy or you know that they're 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 miserable in their life and so therefore they're trying to take other people down and so they're going to spread that hate out there and these people have um probably always been like that and have you know with people that they're surrounded by just social media allows them to amplify that and so for the person who is posting this stuff that's just the unfortunate reality of where things are at and so to me it just it doesn't make any sense to bring any light to it You know, just move on from it. And you've got your goal, you've got your plans, things you're trying to accomplish, whether just the notoriety, whether it's, you know, just the simple edification or gratification from likes or comments or whatever. So worry about that, concentrate on that, and then let the negativity go. And and that's okay. And then another trend that I find maybe a little bit more disconcerting, and maybe it's just because it's just, again, for the social media only, is these 
um, 30, I would say middle-aged um, women, probably in that 30s to maybe late 40s, even early 50s, but primarily that, you know, mid-30s to late, where they're saying, you know, would you date me, you know, I'm a single mom, or I'm single, I'm in my 30s, nobody likes me, nobody wants to date me, nobody wants to be with me, you know, what is going on, and so, to me, it just, it's disconcerting because there's this level of there's this level of insecurity and not saying that maybe there isn't something there that's deep seated and if it's so if it's true okay let's just say it's true then there's this level of deep seated insecurity there that is crippling to them. And I think then as, um, if it's, if it's our, if it's our daughters or granddaughters or whatever, that if we have them, I should say, okay. So if you have one, I think it's important to build into their lives that confidence and that ability for them to have that, view of self-worth and that yeah it's not fun for whatever reason that they're at that stage of their life that they're single but it's an opportunity to take advantage of it which again when you're in it it's it is hard to understand but take advantage of the opportunity to grow and develop themselves um and some people just have that weakness of needing to always have somebody in their life. So what we're forced to do and is not a good idea is to make a snap judgment based on a assumption based on a clip on a you know on a, on, a, on social media. And so I understand that maybe trying to read more in there's that possibility of trying to read more into it. And there's actually there, maybe, like I said, maybe it's just for likes, maybe it's just for comments, you know, and they just need that ego boost of, oh, I would, you know, be with you, oh, I would, you know, and and if that's what it takes for them to feel good again, then you kind of question their motives and their, you know, do they really value themselves as a person? And that it is important for them to be able to function without having to have a man in their life. And that's okay for periods of time. It's okay to have that. And again, to use that opportunity to grow and develop as a person. And that they do have self-worth and value. But they just don't need always to have a man that, you know, is a is a boyfriend or a husband or whatever, you know, doing that because then other people should be speaking it into their life, their dad, their granddad. Mom, sister, brother, whatever. 
can be that encouragement also. So it's, it's important for us guys to take note of those opportunities, to be aware of those opportunities and those situations and scenarios and taking advantage of it when it presents itself to express and speak that into a young woman's life. Found an interesting post here, again, as per usual. Uh, at, I'm sorry, unusual, un, unusual underscore whales at underscore at unusual underscore whales. Americans say they need two hundred eighty-four thousand one hundred sixty-seven dollars per year to be happy, with men's estimates much higher than women's thirty-eight thirty-eight thirty. Jeez, easy for me to say. Three hundred eighty-one thousand versus one hundred eighty-three thousand for women per empower and it's interesting that somebody can put a a number on that and you know I I do talk a lot about statistics and um, and you know information that people are putting out there from different various financial organizations or whatever they are that share you know this percentage of this, this, you know, people believe, people, blah, 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 whatever. And so you have to always, again, you know, take it with, for what it's worth, because we don't know, was that one one person, was that 100 people, was that 100,000 people, how many people were, were interviewed, and, and what were their current income levels? You know, and also then, is that, you know, is that a completely true statement? So if somebody who's making 284,000 at this point or 285,000 to round it up are they going to guaranteed to be completely satisfied and happy in their lives? Possibly not, possibly. And on the flip side of that, I know that that, that is possible for somebody to make Less than that and far less than that and be satisfied and happy with their life. So it's interesting that they want to put a dollar amount on that. And that beyond that, if you split it up, that women are almost half as much or require half as much or need believe they need half as much as men do. And so is that something because they feel like that they want to do that so that their spouse can stay at home? Or is that just something that they feel like they have to have total for household income? And it's fun to think about these. It's fun to talk about them. It gives me things to talk about. Not just this one, but other ones that I've talked about. But it seems that, specifically speaking toward this one, that the idea that you can place an, a dollar amount on that, and then how much do they believe that is true? Is that based on what they are doing now? And that extra 5, 10, 15, 20, you know, whatever that number is, 
that they're short of that amount, is that going to, you know, satisfy them? And, you know, are they closer to that number or farther away? But I'd be willing to say that those people, if they accomplish that, would probably say that now that they needed to boost that up a little higher to really have that satisfaction that they are quote-unquote trying to obtain, or I should say quote-unquote satisfaction, that they're trying to obtain. And the idea that they can come up with that specific number, I guess, you know, makes it even, even more interesting. But speaking of other statistics and things, you know, again, you're seeing a lot of, just a lot of different things out there about, we've talked about, you know, the Gen Z having their cars paid off because they're gifts, uh, people having their houses paid off, but people, you know, underwater, people behind on their car payments, people cash, you know, the house is paid off, you know, there's just all of this information out there. And I guess, you know, again, I, you know, you can go out and say, you can pull 100 people and 50% of them would say, yeah, you know, I've got $500 in debt, $500 in debt, you know, or I've got $500 in credit card bills, right? And so you're going to say 50% of Americans have $500 in credit card debt. So I understand that those numbers can say what that what these people want them to say. But I've always go back into the eye test. And if you, you know, and there's other ways to search out data to understand um, the, the overall economy. But I think some of that also, then too, just really speaks more towards the consumer and where they're at, right, overall. Or where, you know, the society sits when it comes to, you know, the employment or debt or transportation costs or housing costs or whatever that that data that somebody is analyzing on a daily basis. It's maybe not quite as a... um, successful predictor of of where things are, are at overall. You know, regionally, that could play a, a part in it, I get. Um, so many different factors can play into that. And so, again, it's always good just to kind of maybe take that with a grain of salt, but kind of look at and base things more on, in addition to the data, but also the eye test and what you see especially in your area and where, how people are affected and things that are going on. And finally today for this episode, I was reminded here recently about how great the 80s, the decade of the 80s was, was really where it was really at. And, and the influence that it had, in, you know, going forward in, in, in 
the decades to come. Recently watched the um, documentary on the supermodels, and you're saying, dude, seriously? Yeah, seriously. It is an interesting documentary because it really, and, and really for them it was more about, well, I shouldn't say more, but it came about probably more predominantly in the 90s, early 90s, but it seemed like that it was the, that mid to late 80s where this kind of started bubbling up. And I've mentioned this probably back in season one, maybe. So, you know, going on three and a half, four years ago, that the idea of how impactful the 80s was on fashion, on um, music, movies, you know, all those things. And then also just the idea of you know, coming out of the 70s and enjoying a successful time. Now, was things, was the 80s about excess more or less? Yes, right? It was, it was from, it was negative from that standpoint of excess, going over overboard. But understanding where things were kind of depressed and down in the 70s, which many of you I'm not telling you anything you probably didn't know already. But for the younger guys, you know, that uh, were more understanding of the 80s than than the 70s, is that, yeah, there there was a a tough time. And so we saw the pendulum swing. And so therefore people were wanting to go out, spend money, enjoy their success. So back to back to the eighties and the supermodels. The the idea of and reinforces it in my mind is where the fashion was at the time and where it was going. But also again the the influence that these four ladies were able to garner. And it was really, I think, in my mind, that where the celebrity, the negative side of it maybe, is the celebrity side of it kind of blew up from there and where people were, you know, were peddling influence and it became an idea that, you know, these people were, powerful in their minds and in in the society's minds because of their beauty but also I guess their smarts also right I mean they were intelligent they knew how to um, develop their brand and that's I think where you know personal brand before it was personal brand was really developed and started there because for them they're the ones that drew or drove drove what people were were wearing right 
Uh, and so they were the ones that were almost picking, at times they were picking and choosing kind of who that they were wanting to see be successful, right? So there are designers that probably never would have ever been noticed if it wasn't for the one of these four supermodels or or multiple of them deciding, yeah, we're going to go work for this person. We're going to, you know, model their clothes. And so therefore, you know, they're going to have this success based on us basically representing it. And so it's interesting how that there was kind of that start of, of what they see today of people, you know, representing brands using that product, products or wearing their clothes or whatever it is, and then posting on it in social media. So it's become more organic. It's become more reachable through social media, made more cost-effective, at times, instead of having to spend all that money on the marketing and hiring that that model and 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 doing the print ads and things like that, so it's been fun to see it develop from where it was then to now. But also, understanding is saying that this is where this started. Right, this is where this began, and, and it's funny too that it was great at first, but then they the designers really started becoming upset. Um, they were kind of like, Hey, you know, it's not about us, it should about us. We're the designers, we make the clothes, we come up with the ideas. And so therefore, you know, they ended up trying to and successfully, I think, kind of wrangling some of that power back from them, especially in the area of influence of clothing. But I think the train was already down the tracks, the horse was out of the barn. And he saw these people influencing influencers, hence the influencer piece of it. And it is today, that's what they call it, influencing society on products. And it's fun. It was fun to see him kind of develop from just the clothing and moving into other types of of products and and things, and just expanding out from from beyond just being a runway model. So yeah, it's it's been interesting. Um, it's been fun to kind of. Um, relive or re, you know, just remember some of those commercials and ads that that you've seen growing up in products, clothing, things like that. But also, kind of gain that I um, uh, understanding of what they went through and what they were experiencing at the time, and and then even some of the things that are going on with them yet today. And how that they truly were and what the definition 
was of the supermodel. And I, and I know and I believe that there is more to a person than just their looks, and that is, that is those that looks are fading, right? That over time as they become became older, then there was other people that were coming along that were taking over being those influencers or being those models that may... Yes, they were not considered probably classified as supermodels, but they were still fresh, young faces that were taking over, you know, some of that industry. And and they were able to attain their services at a less at a cheaper price. And so that's what it really became about for them. But to me, it's just another check mark in the box of why the 80s was very influential and the beginning for a lot of the things and where we're at today. Now, as much as that I have, that I did enjoy that and the things of that time, there are definitely opportunities and things that have been accomplished since then and advancements since then that that were that were definitely started then or or being developed then that we are joining today and I think that makes things maybe a little bit more interesting now but it just we just don't see the I guess don't experience maybe that newness or creativity of what it was I think there are some great things in fashion today, but I don't feel like it is is nearly what it was then. Like there's some great looks today, but I don't know that they were as maybe as iconic as they were then. And music, same thing. I think, yeah, music today is is great. There is some great music, but there's a there's a lot of music that is you know, whatever. And so I feel like the, the 80s had more of a wide ranging of from hair bands down to some of the um, more um, rock t- type to, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm, I'm it's, it's slipping my mind. I apologize. But you know, and this is not quite as, you know, just still decent, you know, good music from a wide variety there. And I think, again, that's kind of where that really developed. Now, there is some great music and great songs from prior years, and you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know. And there's probably, and I know that you might, you might be out there listening to this saying, you know, no way, man, the 70s was, was better. I, I get that. I understand that. But for me, and my musings, I'm gonna, you know, um, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick that because of that. And it seems like again that there was a lot of good things at the time, a lot of positivity coming out of the poor, uh, poor economy in the '70s, and so it's kind of that breaking out from that, and. Again with the movies, yeah. Today you're going to see more graph or um, more 
things that are done, I guess, with technology that we didn't that, that wasn't available in the eighties, and so therefore, you know, it's going to be a better quality, I guess you could say, but still, just the just the plots. Um, and then also, again, like music-wise too, you'll see that they're changing gears. I apologize, but going back to the music piece of it, they're also seeing some of the music today that is connected to the 80s. So they're taking pieces of that music from the 80s and using it in their music today. And it's fun to watch something different. It is fun to... Um, Again, go back to a time that you knew and then getting some of the backstory of it. So sometimes maybe looking at some of these documentaries, you're like, uh, I don't know. And I get that, and that's, that's why I am too. But um, for me, the, it, this has been a nice surprise watching it, and it, it's been a, a bit of an enjoyment. Something to think about. You don't have to binge watch it necessarily, but maybe slide a couple episodes there in on the weekends between games. Big weekend coming up for college football. Conference championships could really have a huge impact on the playoffs, college football playoffs. So we'll see where we're at. But I hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy. And until next time.